0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet, the flooring experts. I got floor.com. It is the last DGS of 2023. We've got Rachel, Andrew, and me. Me. I, I do the third-person thing all the time. What the hell's wrong with me? I should say it's me. I'm Kevin Wheeler. You just Kevin have Wheeler. me
2: chime in and be like, and Wheeler. <laughs> and
1: Wheeler. I could just be a normal human to be like, Kevin Wheeler with you. Rachel, Andrew, we're all here except Dave. Uh, all of us will be back together next week on the 2nd. Uh, obviously, Dave's been out for the last couple of weeks. This is our last show of the year. Um, and, I, you know, we're covering just normal year-end stuff it's not usually a busy week um, it's quiet between Christmas and New Year's and then things will just explode after the new year I'm curious what you guys think about just I don't know I don't I don't know how I would describe it maybe it's just meme life in this time that we live in but like mm-hmm. it feels like the end of every year is the same the last handful of years which is thank God that year's <laughs> over hopefully the next one's better correct. I, I mean, I think 2021, 2022, 2023, we're all better than 2020. Yeah. 2020 legit sucked. But are we ever going to get out of that cycle where like, oh, that year was terrible, let's have a better one?
2: I don't know. I had like a pretty decent 2023, so I don't fall into that category of like, oh, you know. Because I remember when 2020 happened, worst year ever, right? And then it was like, thank God, we're out of it. As if the changing of the calendar was somehow going to change (laughs) destiny and all of our luck and everything. (laughs) And then we get to 2021 and it was like objectively just as bad if not worse (laughs) but no like 2022 2023 haven't been super bad so I haven't been you know I'm I'm not one of those people like oh come on 2024 I'm like all right if I have another year just like 2023 I'll be pretty happy I guess
3: I still feel divided right I still feel like we are I feel the same now in 2023 going into 24 that I did in like 20 going into 21 right really? Yeah. It, I mean, it, even it after COVID, COVID and all that? That's what I, well, that's what I'm saying. It almost feels like we're still in that era. Okay. Yet to be broken free. I don't know. I know I'm in the minority. I know most people, I, I think, don't feel like that anymore. But I still feel like there's a weird like demarcation where it was like pre and post 2020.
2: Well, we'll never go back to the way it was before 2020.
1: Yeah. I don't think we will. No, I think you're 100% right. So I, guess I think that was just like a 100%.
2: sea change.
1: I guess that's why I'm stuck in that. In that in and that those mindset. happen every so often. Yeah. Right. I just think that's kind of the first one since 9 11. Mm-hmm. Like, there are definitely events, years that nothing is ever exactly the same afterwards. Right. And one of them would be COVID for sure. 9 mm-hmm. 11 um, would have been that. Um, the I'm trying to think before that, I guess it would have to have been like uh, civil rights, you know, that whole, the whole, everything about the 60s, that era of protest and mm-hmm. cultural change and all that. Before that, probably JFK. Right. I mean, like, I think that it's not always practical changes like 9-11 was a practical change and a, like a sociological change. Right. Yeah. You know, it became everybody's got to take their shoes off and their belts off and their jackets off and put everything in a bin at the airport. Like there were practical changes, but there was also kind of a, a shift in reality. Right. Like you see things a little differently. Um, and especially I, I say this, especially for like my generation, because we had it easy. The 80s and 90s were like smooth. That doesn't mean that they were smooth for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But in general, <laughs> they were kind of like, there's no big wars. There's no COVID thing. Politics was not discussed like it is now. It wasn't covered like it is now. Mm-hmm. There wasn't just the day-to-day anger. And part of that also, I mean, look, that was the 80s is when I was a kid. So, of course, that's how it's going to feel to me. And I'm sure kids now feel that more than we do. But I do think kids now are more exposed to things that I was not like they they see politics. They get nobody ever brought this stuff up. But now it's literally everywhere. It's on the back of people's cars. You know, it's it's on their Twitter profile. It's literally all like they wear T-shirts that'll advertise who they vote for or what they believe in or whatever. In the 80s and 90s, nobody at all cared about any of those things.
2: Yeah, I don't even think I knew like the difference between a democrat and a republican until I was a senior in high school. <laughs> it just it just wasn't something you talked about. And that right. was the that was the election of 08, so it was uh Obama McCain. Um and that was just not even nearly as nasty. And, no, no. But there were the little moments where like I do you guys remember where Obama was like talking about John McCain and he was kind of like flipping off. He was like scratching yeah, his scratching face his and, face, yeah, and yeah. i was like oh my goodness how could a person do such a thing and now <laughs> it's like oh i miss the days when they would just flip each other off those were good times yeah
3: i miss the subtle like pretending like you weren't flipping each other off with the plausible deniability
1: but they would also come to each other's defense right like yeah like john mccain went out and said don't say that about obama it was all the birther stuff and all that stuff don't say that about him i know him he's a good guy like there's no chance that's happening. That doesn't even happen, or I, I shouldn't say it. it. It does to a small degree, but it barely happens within each party. Yeah. Now, let alone you no,
3: know, literally. Now, when they do it, it's like Chris Christie. Now we can't say it. We can't call him a fat pig. Right. 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 <laughs>
1: you better not call him a fat pig, or I'll be upset. We used to be nicer to our opponents than we are now to our our party mates. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great. That is a great way of putting it.
1: When you guys, when you guys hear Dave and I talk about the way the 80s and 90s were. And the 70s were a little different. I don't remember a lot of those. I was born in 71. So if it's before 78, I probably don't remember much of the world. Um, But the 70s after Jimmy Carter, you know, that whole era, the mid-70s, that was kind of rough. There were gas lines and, you know, the the Iran uh, hostage thing. And there were all kinds of – it was kind of a down period. But that really turned in the early 80s. And kept going that way until nine eleven. Essentially, when you guys hear us talk about that, does it sound like a foreign land to you? Yes. <laughs> or, or does it resonate? You like, yeah, I could see how it was like that. No, it, I cannot. I I literally don't.
3: Uh, it is it is entirely foreign to me. I, I it is hard for me to wrap my head around. To the point where you know, I think I've I think I've even like like Dave said stuff like that before, and I think I've even questioned. To Dave, like, are you sure that it was like that or was it just you you were you you think it was better than therefore it must have been more like this? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I can tell you uh, I went to college in the early 90s. So 90 to 94. We didn't have a single protest on our campus in four years. Not one. The only, like, there would be, like, if you went into, like, the stu- the center of the campus, the student center, and all that, you would have people that had their, I guess you could say their issues. Mm. The only regular presence in that area pushing anything political was the pot guy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was the hemp. It was the legalized pot guy. That was it. And, and it was one guy. Occasionally he had two friends or something with him, but it was that, that's it. There mm. was just nothing discussed at all. It was mm. not a thing. And now we hear. I hear. I mean, I'm so far out of this game. I don't identify with it. But now it's like people won't be friends with someone if they share. If they don't share politics, they won't date someone if they don't align perfectly. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's. It's very weird to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it, it's wrong necessarily. There's no right or wrong in that. It's just so much different. And it's you know. The, and that's I'm speaking. You know, obviously, someone who went to private schools, you know, not definitely. We were not, we did not have a lot of money. I mean, we were like very, very, very working middle class. Like my dad was just, you know, he worked for UPS. It's not Mm -hmm. like he was making $500,000 a year. He wasn't making, it wasn't like that, but it wasn't good for everybody during those times, right? As an example, if you were gay during those times, it was not, you, you, people stayed in the closet for a reason. It was not, it was not a good experience. So it wasn't great for everyone. But I just think the general vibe was just nobody really cares. <laughs>
2: well, do you think that was the general vibe because people were keeping their beliefs close to the vest? You know, it was like, well, everybody's staying in line, so we don't yeah. have anything to fight about. So
1: it was some of that. I, I just, I also think that it, it largely was, it, politics weren't on anybody's radar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody talked about it, and it was also the really early days. And I, I know, I blame maybe. Maybe I'm blaming too much on television news. I don't think that I am. Hard to blame them too Because much. this all started when 24-hour news started, like this dynamic we live in now. That was the change. But like the for a long time, CNN was the only one. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do politics. It was just news. Like What they did was basically re-aired re- a newscast over and over and over again, and it would change a few times a day. It wasn't like it is now. Now you have so many outlets, but all they do is talk politics. That didn't exist back then, which means most people just never knew those things. If you weren't like a diehard wonky politics nerd, you didn't know any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You just kind of knew who you liked and that's who you voted for. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would definitely go back to that mentality. I wouldn't go back to the 80s, 90s. I'm not a big fan of the idea of going back into the past. But I would definitely love a re- I would love for that to be cool again. <laughs> I yeah. would love for it to be cool again that it doesn't always have to be about politics. All right, back in on DGS, Rachel and Andrew, kind enough to hang out with me. Um, and by the way, I'm not trying to trick anybody. You guys are not physically here right now. I mean, you are while we're recording wow, this, you're but-, my mind here. <laughs> <laughs> but we figured you're it'd be so kind upsetting. of fun just to get a chance to, to you know, even in advance, kind of wrap up the year and you know spend you know this hour essentially talking about some of the bigger picture things. And if you're looking ahead to 2024 are there things are there any specific things you're looking forward to like for me I give you I'll give you an example of a couple of things that I'm looking forward to um, I'm really looking forward to what they end up finding out more about some of these scientific discoveries like what they'd found with the, the ability to repeat the fusion reaction as an example mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the stuff that George Rosenthal has been talking about with the advancements in, in AI I saw a story um, last week. We basically said, if you're not prepared for AI, 2024 is going to be rough on you. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing how it works, how it benefits us. I don't know. Maybe it benefits us on the show. Maybe it doesn't. But I, I'm. those are a couple of the th- things that I'm talking about. Um, there are some movies and stuff teed up that I'm kind of interested in. But not, I don't know. It, uh, that part doesn't really have me mm-hmm. kind of on the edge of my seat. But I'm really curious about... Not only the technologies that I just mentioned, but how fast discoveries are ramping up, right? It feels like, Mm -hmm. do you guys, I mean, without naming them, you guys, it feels like, you know, Dave and I have been nerding out about something like every month Mm -hmm. for the last six or seven months. There's always something new in anthropology or science or space. And I can't wait to see what we find out there. Is there anything that stands out to you guys?
2: I'm excited for AI. I mean, I'm a little trepidatious about it because i know it's going to come with this its problems but i am excited for all the positive aspects and like yeah if it can make work not that we have the hardest job in the world but sometimes it is hard to like find content and stuff if ai can help us glean like stuff from you know places we didn't know about before or kind of spur some new ideas that's extremely exciting what about you andrew
3: boy um Hmm. You know, selfishly, when it comes to something like AI, I'm excited for – in this job, it is sometimes difficult to find things to – Talk about that are interesting, but that also have, like, a broad appeal. You know, I'm a very niche appeal guy. The things I care about. Not that many other people care about. Uh, Pokemon. (laughs) But, like, uh, it's exciting to me whenever we have a big a big kind of potentially world-changing technology or something. Because it's like, ooh, this is interesting. This is like a whole new realm of things to kind of dig our teeth into and, you know, have these really interesting conversations about. And that's kind of what interests me. More than anything yeah. is, is like finding people that, to talk about it and, and, and you know, talking about it amongst ourselves and, and gaining a better understanding. Not just of what I think, but also what the people around me think, what the listeners think. That stuff is always fun. And I think AI will probably be the next one of those.
1: I, I think it might be the next game changer like we talked about last segment. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the things like, OK, this is a line in the sand and everything after is different. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, COVID was definitely that. Um, and we mentioned 9-11, too. I, I wonder if that's it. I wonder if it's AI slash quantum computing because those two are really kind of tied together because AI doesn't reach its full potential until quantum computing is ready to roll out. And that doesn't sound like, if I'm remembering right, from what, what George Rosenthal has said with us, Um, that doesn't sound like that's next year. That would be more. I think he said something like five, ten years down the road for that. Um, but either way, I mean, I can't wait to have a pair of sunglasses that have my phone in them that have the ability for me to get directions by asking my glasses where to go. Like, oh, my, my, I can't wait for that. My dad gave my brother and I a pair of those for Christmas.
3: The Ray-Ban ones? Uh they are uh they are Bluetooth okay. sunglasses. Okay. But not the ones George had. No, not at all. When okay. you turn them on uh like it but it, it, you can like uh pipe your music through your headphones. <laughs>
1: oh, or like a podcast or whatever. Yeah, you mean through the like,
3: sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was yeah, I'm George. Sorry. George meant, was showing meant, us uh, that. Sunglasses. I can't wait. Have you? I know you heard us talk about it, but you guys know like, what a heads-up display is. Andrew, you do from video oh, yeah. games.
2: Heads-up display. Yes.
1: So it means that, need? like, it, when you're wearing those sunglasses, in the lens, you'll be able to eventually see, like. Oh, like stats
2: on? Oh, okay. Like a
1: see-through map. You'll you'll be able to It'll be see like Terminator. Yes, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So when you picture like all the sci-fi movies and somebody's got a you know goggles and then they can see like distance to your enemy and stuff like that. That's what it is.
2: Ooh, I can't wait to
3: see the distance like you'll be able to, to see enemy. your. Texts. I can't wait to
1: I can't wait to see how far I am from my enemies, man. Hey, it's
3: gonna be so good. You don't have any enemies, Andrew. I got a I got a couple. Who I, are your enemies? I got a couple. Rachel new has ones. no enemies. I <laughs> will tell you what, I got a couple.
2: Uh, I don't think so.
3: (laughs) Not to give anything away, but I feel like i got a couple new ones after today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like some people are really showing their true colors. (laughs) Hey, stop talking about Ranji behind his back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now I finally know what you're talking about. I'm like, what are you talking
1: about?
3: Ranji's a a known enemy. (laughs) yeah. Ranji's an op. Is he your arch enemy? Yeah, I think so. What about Amy? Where does she fall on that? Also, archenemy. They-, <laughs> they are, in my mind, they are a single entity. They are they the. Are, uh, a, are they
1: yes. the undynamic duo? They are a package deal. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> I know it's, we're going a little behind the scenes here, but obviously, this all stems from the time that you guys spend together before their show. Yeah, because you're in the same space. Like you and I share that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I'm there, they've already. They're already on the air. Mm-hmm. They're not still sitting there. Yep. So that's the thing that's when they that's when they bother you? Yeah, I'd say so. How much of it is them bothering you versus you bothering them? 100% them bothering. I them.
2: think it's probably 50/50 from what I've been able to
1: glean.
3: It's 100%, 100% them. 100% them bothering. Uh, oh I think god. it's a,
2: a a two-sided toxic relationship. <laughs> Just as an outside observer. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's right, nobody's wrong.
1: Oh my god. She don't know. The trouble. <laughs> I that... do know. <laughs> do know. You guys have the best setup, you and Dave.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. You, got,
1: you, got, you even have a door. You're like, we could just close that on yep, everybody else and just being do too a work. <laughs> I relax. would love a door. That's How great nice. would a door be, Kevin? What do you think would happen, Andrew? If we had a if, door? You know, if we just like pretend during the holidays- put our chairs and stuff in there and our stuff like we were moving into the office. We with would Dave just move it out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I've get known... back on Tuesday and go, okay, well, bye.
1: I have known Dave a long time
3: and uh, he would just uh, silently move everything back out into the hallway and close the door.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would kick it out there. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> he, would so throw, he would throw
1: it out the window. <laughs> it is a little different. like. I mean, not, not not to give. I mean, this is this is not like inside info, but I think people can tell just by listening. Uh, Andrew and I are different. You mm-hmm. guys
2: are loud and David. Yeah,
1: and you quiet. guys are you guys are calm, kind of chill.
2: We will go like hours at a time without speaking to each other, <laughs> which is Andrew, nice.
1: And Andrew and I, once we're both there, is like. Silence is violence. You can't. <laughs> you have to have something is going on. Is that what on. you think that word? That's no. I know mean? what it means. <laughs> that's why it was a joke, Andrew. I understand. Because it would explain a lot if you if you thought that that was what that meant. No, that's just our version of it. How it plays out in our in the talent office here. Like, the, I I don't know. I don't. I'm. A, I guess. I guess that comes from. What, I don't know. What year is it now? 23. So December of 1994 is when I got my first radio job. Mm. So 30 years ago, mm, Kevin. No, it's 29. Oh, yeah, I guess. Because we're not in 2024 yet. Um, but you're close. So whatever. I don't know. I, I, haven't, I wasn't on air all that time. Initially, I was you know producing and doing other stuff. Um, but I would say I was on the air like a year later, like part time. Mm-hmm. So let's say 27, 28 years of being on the air. Maybe that's just it. And almost all of that as a solo host you can't have silence yeah like you can't silence sets off alarms in your head Mm -hmm. and i i I can't tell if my problems with that are because of that or if that's just how i was before that and it just kind of fits with radio
2: i mean i didn't know you 29 years ago but it does seem like it just kind of fits with the job yeah
1: (laughs) no i think it is the other way around my uh Believe it or not, I actually played a year of high school basketball. Oh, really? Yeah, which is, you know, I mean, I, I was fine. I was the, so we had like two 10-man squads for the freshman team, and I was the uh, the 10th guy on the second team. <laughs> um, not very good basketball player. But at the end of the year, we had our little like like a pizza party for the team and all that, and our coach gave out an award to every guy. Everybody got, and it was mostly just a gag. It wasn't like serious. There was like one serious, like an MVP or whatever. Uh, that wasn't me. And I got the Mr. Microphone Award. (laughs) That was freshman year in high school. Did you know? So, yeah. I guess I answered my own question. That's not the habits from radio. It's just (laughs) that's how I was. All right, Kevin Wheeler back with you here. DGS uh, with Rachel and Andrew here now. And thanks for popping in, guys, for this hour, even though it is through the power of uh, digital recording as opposed to being live in studio with me. I'm not trying to fool anybody. There are times <laughs> in the past when I've done interviews and I've, you know, we play it off as if it's live. But for the most part, it's just not necessary. Um, I'm glad you guys are. Right now, as this is being said on KMOX, you guys are just chilling at home. Mm-hmm. So... Nice trick. Thank you guys for doing this. I've actually been dead for 24 hours, but the uh, De- body oh. hasn't been found yet. Way to make it weird, Andrew. <laughs> way to make it weird. Thank you very much.
2: Man, Kevin's going to be in trouble <laughs> if that's true.
1: <laughs> hey, let's put it this way. If that happens, I'll cut this part out. <laughs> I'll, people people won't hear this part. It was Kevin. Kevin did it! Ah! All right, so shorter, we're, we, don't, we don't have a whole lot of time here, but a, a shorter topic. This 2023 was my first full year on DGS. So, you know, we did a little bit at the end of 22, mm-hmm. but like 2023 is the first full year on there. And it's been so much fun. Like even though we have to talk about stuff that 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 sucks, like mm-hmm. politics and shootings and things like that. It has been an absolute blast. But I want to ask you guys how much you remember your first year on the show. Oh. And and also how much mm-hmm. the show has changed since then.
3: Well, oh, boy.
2: My first year on the show was Goodness. 2016. Uh-huh. The show is completely different. The only, I mean, it was a entirely different cast. It was on a different station. Um, we did, I feel like, maybe a little bit more comedy stuff back then. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, less politics, but then again, it, like, the news has just ratcheted up so, it's that the yeah. right word, but it's just mm-hmm. gone up so much. Yeah. Um, in these past few years, but I was 24 when I started on the show, so I was a youngin. And I know Andrew was even younger when he started. How old um, were you,
1: Andrew, when you started? 20. 20. Bang. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but were you full time on the show, or were you just kind of bopping around?
3: I was full time, like like behind the scenes producing, but I wasn't on the air. I wasn't, uh, you know, any of that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't. Count what, what year were your? Were you? Much were you? Later. What? What year? What was year I? was your first year? Oh,
1: 2010. 2010. All right. So that's a long time. Yeah, you're old.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've I've (laughs) almost, I've almost spent uh, the majority of my life. It seems like, yeah, not really in service. to One third in service
1: to Dave. Probably about a third, but yeah.
3: (laughs) I mean, I let's see. I'm 33, (laughs) right? So 13 years. So I mean, getting getting close. Yeah, a little over a third.
1: Yeah, you got you got a ways to go before it's majority. Yeah. But um, I, it just, it's fascinating to me because, you know, when I think of DGS, I think of the three of you guys. And then, obviously, first thing that comes to my mind is Trish being there. And then before that, Tony. But Tony wasn't here that long once you came to Camel mm-hmm. X. And I only knew that just a little bit. So my first real, like, I'm familiar with what they're doing and hearing it all the time. Because a lot of times, back in the day, you guys were on when I was working and I couldn't listen. Mm-hmm. And podcasting wasn't as big a deal in those days. Um, so I would hear it here and there. And I always had people like, oh, you're in radio. Do you know Dave Glover? And I'm uh, like, cool. i would be like, well, Aww. I mean, I, I don't really know him, but I know who he is and he's really good. And you know, Aww. that kind of thing. So it was, it was an interesting thing to me when you guys came over to KMOX because now I could hear it every day. Cause when I was doing sports, I'm in the office, I'm in the building, it's on in the background. It's, you know, you guys brought me in studio. Um, it, so it's been an interesting thing cause I don't know before. As well as I know just the last few years. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought it was interesting to ask you guys that. And I, that's why I loved the stuff with, with Tom out at Hardy's, with Tom Turbrock out at Hardee's. Because I didn't know any of that stuff. So I hear those old stories and it's like, man, I missed that. I didn't hear it. I wasn't a part of it. I missed all that. But my time, most of that time, like when, when I first came here in 06, my shift was basically 2, 3 o'clock until 10 o'clock in the evenings that's mm-hmm. kind of that's what it was so anything that happened in that window was basically non-existent to me and obviously now things change and you can do podcasts and obviously we have great podcast listeners thank you guys um especially mm-hmm. if you're listening to the podcast now mm-hmm. thank you for doing that but it, i don't know it's just it's the 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 evolution of shows is fascinating thing to me the the DGS has definitely evolved
3: uh, uh heavily but it's interesting how much of how much of it has stayed consistent throughout um i don't know i i i i think the the spirit of the 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 overall spirit of the show has not changed yeah, which I think is a strong testament considering it's been 25 ish years. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: I mean ultimately it's Dave as the ringleader with a circus of people. And if he's mm, right. as long as right. he's the ringleader, it's going to have point. a certain flavor.
1: So. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's hard Look, like, like that's a thing that in listening to a lot of radio over my lifetime, most of it because of my experience with sports radio, but there are a lot of people that don't adapt. They don't, they can't, they w- or they just don't want to, and the show still sounds the same as it did 20 years ago, and then they wonder why they're not still in the same position that they were. Or why won't it? Why, well, it's always the management like, well, you know you, know you kind of have to adapt. You kind of have to kind of, you know, a change with the times, without losing without losing what your core is. Mm. Right? Is that? I don't know if I'm making sense on there, but you like are. No, it's like it's sense. like putting a new it's like putting a new coat of paint on your house. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you got to clean the siding. You got to paint things. It's, you can't just leave it the way that it was. But the structure underneath is still the same. Mm. And I think that's one of the really cool things about this show, from my experience, is even with all the changes, uh, it's been great. And uh, I don't know how you guys do it, man. I don't know how you guys put up with. Me. With you. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I,
2: I remember your first moment on the show because you were still remote.
1: Oh, right, right.
2: And I played still Van COVID, Halen yeah. and you came in and you were like, Let's go, I love Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're gonna get along. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. Yeah, it's-
1: It's back in on DGS. Many thanks to uh, Andrew and Rachel for hanging out. And I know I, I, didn't, I wasn't giving I wasn't trying to hide it. Like, they weren't here. I'm not going to make them come in for 45 minutes on their day off. Uh, but before we all broke for the holiday, we just kind of sat down and had a little conversation. I was happy to bring them into the last show of the year. And we'll all be reunited. We'll be reunited on January 2nd. So next Tuesday, we'll all be back in here uh, doing the normal DGS things. Uh, Matt is is obviously producing today. Good choices on the music, Matt. You're kind of an old soul. Like, you're young, but you like, like, that kind of, you like, you like the classic rock and things along those lines. Like, you put Rat in there. Love Rat. How did you even get to know Rat? Well...
3: Hancock and Kelly and Chris Ronji asked me this kind of question. I know, about, I know. I always go back to it's just what my
1: dad played in the car. So your dad's cool is what you're saying. My dad's cool. Yeah. He grew up with the best era of music, I'd say. So, you think? I that, don't think there is such a thing. What do you mean? I don't think there is such a thing as the best era of music. All
3: right, well, my favorite era of music. Okay, there you go. There the you era go. that I didn't grow up in, but the era that I like the most. So
1: you, you like, you're like 80s, 90s I, I like rock. 70s, That's your stuff. 70s, 70s. 70s too,
3: my, huh? My favorite. Look at you. Got to appreciate the classics. It's like you're fine little- wine. It gets better with age. Yeah, veins. but like
1: I, I and the reason I asked you this because I'm tr- I tried to put it in as I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay, so you're what, 25? 24. 24. So you're 24 years old. When I was 24, so to you, this is before you were born. Yeah. I mean, like the 80, 70s, 80s. Let's just count that as the era. So we're talking about essentially 20 years before you were born. That would be like me listening to the music of the early 50s. <laughs> That's so funny to think about. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm bringing it up. Like, because that's why I'm trying to put it into my head. And like, you know, my parents, um, I'm not sure that they even listened to that because they were born in the 40s, you know, the late 40s. So that wouldn't have been even their music. Wow. So that's why I'm I'm like, I'm sitting here kind of stunned. Like, that is so much before your time. I will say, though, that it's a good era. The best. The best. <laughs> it's a good era. And it built everything to where I am musically now like that was the start but it, it just I don't know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this into a little bit more of like a quote-unquote topic but I, I'm a, when it comes to this type of stuff I'm a builder like I have a lot of friends they're like I don't listen to anything new I can't listen to anything new I basically stopped in 2000 or I basically stopped whatever year they picked and I'm like well, I, why though I love that old stuff, and I listened to it. I listened to Pyromania by Def Leppard, the whole record, the other day. I hadn't listened to it in years because everything after Pyromania to me from them stinks. I don't like any. I do not like Hysteria. I don't like anything from that point hysteria forward. Too. No, no, I hate it. I hate all the radio poppy stuff. I hate Pour Some Sugar on Me and all. I hate all of that stuff. But because of that, I kind of ignored Pyromania, which was really good. That was really good. But like I said, I'm a bit of a I'm a builder when it comes to this stuff. Like I stack the new on top of all of that. And it's funny because that is ends up being kind of how I look at other developments too, right? Like a lot of generations, they know what they knew growing up with and they don't want to add to it. But I want to add to it. Whether it's technology, music, movies, There's no such thing as a bygone era to me that is better than where I'm at now, because now is a, that, that stuff then is a part of now. It's like, those are the cornerstones that, that my, my building, the building of Kevin is built on. So musically, all right. So, you know, the foundation of my music is seventies and eighties rock, but I didn't stop at the foundation. I built the rest of the house. And I continue to add to that house. Well, I'm sure I will until I'm not here anymore. Yeah, like it's an ever expanding house because I want a mansion, and I look at it for everything that way. Like yes, in music too, but I look at it movies. Like you know, I know I know a lot of my buddies are like, ah, I don't like any of the new TV shows. I'm like, well, why? Because you're choosing not to. You're, you know, we always have this feeling as a world that the past was better, that there was this time that was a golden age. And it may have been to you at that time, your experience is your own, but that's not necessarily everybody's experience. So it might've been a golden age for you in whatever year you can think of, but for some other people, it sucked. So it's, there's no such thing as a golden age. And you know who, and that this is loosely a sports story, but The guy that really kind of opened my eyes to that idea was Ernie Harwell, believe it or not. So for those that know baseball, you know, Ernie, Ernie is he's the Detroit Jack Buck, right? Like Jack Buck, Ernie Harwell, um, Harry Carey, like they're they're in the handful that are like they are the legends of baseball voices. and, And really, I might even say sports voices because, you know, Jack obviously did a lot more than just baseball. But like that, he's one of those guys, right? He's, he's one of those people you could argue is on the Mount Rushmore of baseball broadcasters, right? Well, I was interviewing him during my national radio days about uh, he was calling the World Series on the radio side, and it was the Mets and Yankees. It was the Subway Series. And the, at the time, see if this sounds familiar, Matt and everybody listening, see if this sounds familiar to what you're hearing now with the Dodgers spending all kinds of money. But the fear then... And this was 1999, 1999, 2000. So, you know, right around Y2K. The fear then in the baseball world was, oh, my God, the big markets are taking over. It's New York, New York, and the little guys are never going to have a chance again. And there's no competitive balance in baseball. And it's not fair. And the money teams are buying championship. That was the theme then, right? Well, I had Ernie Harwell on to promote the radio broadcast of the World Series and, you know, I've made no I grew up in Detroit. Um, so Ernie Harwell is one of my guys. He's one of my heroes. And so I'm talking to this guy that I revered my whole life. And I asked him this question about the matchup and about the World Series. I said, you know, Ernie, a lot of people are, are upset that it's the two New York teams and this signals kind of an end. It's not, you know, it, it, baseball's not competitive anymore. It's too much about money. And he said, I'm going to tell you a secret. He goes, there was no such thing as the good old days. He said, when I was a kid, so obviously he's, you know, he was a kid in the 20s and 30s. You know, I mean, he, you know, he goes back a ways. <laughs> he was not a young man when I spoke to him in 2000. It's like, when I was a kid, it was always just the Yankees and the Dodgers. The Yankees won every year. And the only question was, who was going to finish second? And in the, in the National League, it was the Dodgers and maybe the Giants. Well, all three of those franchises at that time were in New York. He said, this now is nothing compared to what it was before. But yet people, because they were young back then, think of those as the glory days. He said, but there was a lot less fairness in the 1920s and 30s and 40s than there is now. And I, I'm like, Dang. My guy just taught me a lesson, so I went and looked it up, and I'm like, man, and you go, you guys can do this now because this is what we're having. The conversation about this now is with the Dodgers, right? They're just going to outspend everybody. It's the Yankees, and it's... Well, you know what? The Yankees and Dodgers have outspent everybody for the last 15 years. How many World Series have they won combined? One. You know, I pointed this out on Twitter a couple weeks back when people were freaking out about this, but you you've only had... Well, not only, you've had every major league team, every franchise make the postseason at least once in the last 10 years. And there have been nine different champions in the last 10 years. So there is a chance for everybody. It is, but we, and and we do this with politics. We do this with social issues. We do this with movies and music and everything. We always look to the past and say that this bygone era was better. But it was only better for you, not for everybody. Not everybody saw it the way that you did. And I had a, there was a friend of mine who was, you know, not not really a friend. It was more of like a coworker who was, um, I don't know, I like think 20 years older than me. But we were talking about the same idea, and he he was like, yeah, I mean, you all you have to do in in any in any in any way, study history. So th- we talk, we've been talking a lot about t- science and technology today. You know, things we found out in 2023 that human beings never knew before now. And we think of all of these things, these discoveries, these innovations. We're afraid of new things. We're afraid of AI and the problems that it could cause. We're afraid of what social media is doing. But compare that to the world 100 years ago. I mean, when you look at life on Earth now you are less likely to be just flat-out murdered than you've ever been. Children are more likely to survive childhood than they've ever been at any point in the history of the world. There are fewer deaths giving birth to babies now than there have ever been at any time in the history of the world. Yet, when, you, when, when people look at modern times, all we do is focus on what's wrong and the problems and the negative Which, by the way, is understandable to a degree because those are the things that we see and those things create fear. And part of our survival instinct is that we react to fear stimulus to save our lives. But we also have this thing that we have that we possess and it may or may not be unique, but it seems to be unique to us. We have logic and reason. We are not the wild animal that relies solely on the survival instinct. We have the ability to reason things out. And I try to tell myself this a lot because the political world is stupider and weirder and dumber than it ever feels like it's been. But then if you go read history, I mean, politicians had duels back in the day. They shot at each other. They had duels. Ten paces, turn and shoot. That's insane. This is not the first crazy time. This is not the first insane time. And the past was not necessarily better than the present. A lot of it is about perspective. And the way I like to look at this is, unfortunately, we also tend to observe things through our own eyes as if that is the general experience of everyone around us, right? But if you take, if if you empty out a paper towel, you know, I don't know what you call it, a roll of paper towels, and you've got just a little cardboard tube, and you close one eye, and you put that tube up to the other eye, and you look at what you see, that's your perspective on the world. Then when you put that thing down and open both of your eyes, you look around, that's what everybody sees. You have to understand that the world is not only what you experience. And we have to, I think at some point, use that logical part of our heads to stop saying that the past, when bands like Rat and Motley Crue and everybody else were dominating the scene, that that was the glory days. Oh, it was a great era. I enjoyed the hell out of it, but it's still pretty good now, too.